BetOnline.ag is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs. BetOnline is always your sports and information headquarters this season, as we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs. Basketball, MLB, NHL hockey, right to UFC and boxing. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BLEAV to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. What's up, H-Town? Welcome to the Believe in Astros podcast, your home for all things Astros, with your hosts, sports writer Jeff Balky and Astros broadcaster and former third baseman Jeff Blob. Now, here's Bulky and Blubber. What is up, Astros fans? Welcome to episode 66 of the Believe in Astros podcast on the Believe Podcasting Network. I'm Jeff Balky, alongside my partner, Jeff Blum, way up in the Pacific Northwest for the weekend uh, for the Mariners. Um, I'm sure it's much cooler there than it is here today. Good Lord. It's a, it's yeah. a warm, humid oven. Yeah, that's what I like. That's what I love about Houston is that it's going to be smoking red ass hot in the summer, and you know what you're going to get up here in the Northwest. It's it's 72 the day you fly in, and then it's 45 two days later. Dude, last night I saw people breathing smoke when they're you know out yeah. on the field. I'm like, wow. Well, what's the uh, what's the old uh, JM uh, JMI right now? Yeah, the JMI is not good. She, I mean, she she's a trooper and hung out on the field the entire time last night. But more often than not, she'll be up in the booth next to me because there's just a slight smidgen of a heater underneath the counter uh, that we work on, and that saves our life a little bit. But I mean, the breeze comes in, dude, and it oh. is just blows right through you. Well, especially because it's so damp up there. So, yeah, that it's just that wet, yeah. damp, cold. If you want to know what a damp cold is that gets into, like, your bone marrow, come to Seattle. I want to visit the Pacific Northwest. It's one of the only parts of America that I've never been. Great but city. I, but I feel like it's going to have to be in, like, August or something where I can hopefully yeah. temper that weather just a little bit. Um, well, you increase your odds a little bit, but I, there's no guarantees. Exactly. Um, yes, I. we are still rocking the birthday song. Um, at the beginning, yep. first of all, Blummer's birthday last week. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, also Jose Altuve's birthday today. Yeah. Happy birthday, Altuve. Mine is tomorrow. Less important. Um, but it's an important week for us in Houston and, frankly, for humanity. Yeah. Because we have so many good birthdays this week. Um how is uh, Seattle other than the cold? I mean, we had a win last night. It's so great. That's good news. No, it's great. I mean, if you want to do a visit uh, to some of these American League West teams, go to go to Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, completely sk- skip o- Oakland, obviously, but <laughs> yeah. uh, go to the Great Northwest. Um, there, there used to be a plethora of restaurants up here to go visit. Unfortunately, a lot of them have been shut mm-hmm. down, but there's still a couple few that are floating around that are still open and really good. Uh, going down to the fish market never gets old when they're chucking you know salmon all over the place. Mm-hmm. The original Starbucks, if you're into that. But uh, there's also something one of the nastiest things I've ever seen in my life here in Seattle. And what and is if this? You are, if you are walking in one of the alleys near the fish market and you're chewing gum... There's a place to deposit it on the wall. Oh, no. And I think a no. couple thousand people have done that over the years, and it is nasty. No, let's let's don't. It sounds There's like a, a gum wall. Uh, it's bad. That's, that's not all right. 
I mean, there was a reason in the night. I mean, you heard all the grunge music that came out of Seattle. The weather, the heroin. I mean, it's all, you know, it's all part Flannel. of the deal. But the gum, oh, that's like. There's I, a gum wall. I yeah, immediately think of awful. Elf when he's walking around pulling <laughs> gum off of the underside of things. That's my first thought. It's like, Ooh. leave it alone. It's not candy. It's not free candy. No. Ugh. no. Oh, that's nasty. I could do without yeah. that one. Um, yeah, sorry to bring that up. <laughs> that's stadium okay. is awesome. <laughs> oh, I'm sure the stadium's incredible. I mean, look, Seattle yeah. does things right when it comes to that sort of thing. So I'm sure it's yeah. I'm sure it's beautiful. We're doing this Saturday morning. I was out fishing yesterday. Um I did not catch anything. My buddy caught Come a nice black. It was, look, we expected it to be overcast, maybe a little rainy. Instead, the sun burst out about 830. Mm. And uh, that just kind of deadened everything. We were, we were in my tricked out canoe in Galveston State Park. <laughs> you should see that canoe. It's got a trolling motor. I have a fish finder. Like, I, it's rigged. What? Oh, no, dude, it's rigged. It's one of the Damn. few things in my life that I've ever really customized. And it's tricked. That it's sounds pretty, bougie. Yeah, it's very bougie. But uh, my buddy caught a nice size black drum. We we released it. Um, the best part of the day probably was besides, I mean, it's nice being out, obviously. But we went to shrimp and stuff for lunch, and I had a po' boy. And that was. There you go. So I so I collected my uh, my seafood winnings at the dining table rather than uh, in the water. <laughs> you had to purchase them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, obviously on YouTube. I'm going to have a couple special photos to show you on YouTube. I'll explain in oh a boy. moment. Um, be sh- uh, be sure to like and subscribe to keep up with us. Give us a follow on Twitter and on Instagram at Believe in Astros. You can find me at Jeff Balky and Blummer at Blummer27. Uh, also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Tons of uh, always new stuff coming. And thanks to everyone who's given us five stars on Apple. And just, uh, you know, go ahead and do it again. I'm not saying you could get another email address and redo it. I'm just saying that it's it, it, that's a possibility if you're considering it. Obviously, yeah, it's like all-star voting. Just get that. <laughs> Just keep get that phantom email and keep right. voting, dude. Exactly. Get a new IP address, get a VPN or something, work on it. Uh, <laughs> look, you guys know tech, figure it out. Obviously, send us your comments and questions. Uh, for example, was Wander Franco showboating when he tossed the ball in the air before throwing it first? Oof. This is a, a question that will be posed to you later in the broadcast, Blummer, because I, I have a r- specific reason for asking this, mainly because a... Uh, a, a listener posed this question and thinks that you uh, and I will disagree about it. So I'm going to, I'll bring that up later. Uh, I also, if you're watching super. the YouTube version, let me just say you're welcome because I Blummer mentioned last week about yeah. having some dyed haired photos. Now I did not find those sadly, but what oh, I no. did find was real treasure. And that is a couple of baseball cards from Blummer's treasured past. Uh, oh, cool. One, from the Harrisburg Senators, mm. in which Blummer looks to be roughly 16 years old. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one from the Vermont Expos, in which oh. he appears to be maybe 17 years old. Yeah. And they are both just spectacular. But also, I believe only the only the Expos one is autographed. Uh, and okay. available and available on Amazon for your purchasing enjoyment hey. if you so choose. Uh, all proceeds do not go to Blummer, I think, sadly. Um, but uh, <laughs> no. these are but these are these are some spectacular artifacts. I'm going to tell you when I found them, I was I was I know the Vermont is the one where you had to shower in like 
a barn or something, right? Wasn't that the one that you told me? Vermont was actually good. It was Auburn, New York, oh, where, the Auburn. A, the, where the Astros played. I, like I was an expo <laughs> playing against the Astros, and they were in. Um, out they were it was it was bad i mean it was pallets on 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 mud in a shower oh, i remember yeah, you telling bad. me that that is so nasty yeah i did find steel toed shower shoes man it was brutal <laughs> i did find one photo of you at a at an autograph signing session your hair wasn't exactly blonde but it was straight up in the air like guy fieri mm-hmm. and uh it felt like it was it was there was a lot of product being used there Oh, an extreme amount. Yeah. I couldn't stand next to a lighter <laughs> candle. Nice. So let's, let's, I, I wanted to start the, the uh, podcast on a somewhat amusing note because we have terrible, terrible news to deal with. And that is Luis Garcia. Mm. If you haven't heard, if you've been living under a rock somewhere, Luis Garcia is going to need a Tommy John surgery. Um, I was at dinner last night with my in-laws, my wife and some friends and, and when I saw it, I was just, oh, it just felt like somebody hit me in the chest. And of course, my father-in-law is a big uh, Astros fan. And his first thing was saying, I told you they should have paid Verlander the $40 million. <laughs> um, but yeah, just a awful, just horrible for Luis Garcia. Um, I mean, what do you do? When, I mean, how do you handle something like that when you're given oh, that kind of a news? Uh, it, it it's a gut punch to us. I can't imagine what it was to Luis Garcia. You know, these are right yeah. in the middle of your potential arbitration years. We're going to go out and earn a earn a paycheck and get right. paid a little bit, and now you see that thwarted by mm-hmm. the 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 bad luck of having an injury like this. And what's unfortunate and makes it probably even worse for a guy like Luis Garcia is. The two starts previous day injury oh, were wipeout. Hundred <laughs> percent. You know, it was like thirteen innings, sixteen strikeouts, and uh, he found he found the release point. The velocity was coming back. The cutter was looking great with the shape that he had to it, mm-hmm. and then pop, it's all over. So you know, devastating news for Luis Garcia, obviously, but also to this rotation and for this team, the Houston Astros. Yeah, and and it's that's the thing. I mean, I feel awful for Luis Garcia, but you know, it's like the, it's like when. Uh, when somebody, you know, if somebody passes away, you're like, well, at least their problems are over. It's I'm the one that has to deal with the with what's left. And and mm-hmm. with the Astros as a team and for its fans, now we're left with a gaping hole in the lineup uh, in a lineup that, let's be honest, we'd counted on it to be good, you know, sort of yeah. top to bottom without Verlander, who's so steady, um, despite his injury earlier this year with the Mets. Um, you know, first Mark McCullers. Then your Keedy, now Garcia. Apparently, your Keedy and is being is shut down. I think he'll be down for a little bit. But McCullers is throwing from a full bullpen session today, as I read, which mm-hmm. is good news. So we're talking at least a month, probably, for either one of those guys before they're back. Um, they're starting JP France today. They have Brandon Belak called up, and as you mentioned off the air, we were talking about it. Now, Forrest Whitley and, and Dubin have shut it down saying they're injured. Whether they're injured or not, we don't know. But, uh, you know, maybe they're just pissed. But, I mean, the 40-man roster is is looking it's a little lean. thin. It is looking a yeah, little it, lean. What do you do? Yeah, it, if you're the GM, Blummer, what do you do? I don't know what you can do. You're just, you, you, you just uh, you got to bide your time. The tough thing about knowing that you have a guy going – on the injured list for as long as Luis Garcia is, is normally that he's a 28 start per year guy. 
yeah. and you've gotten maybe six starts out of them. So how do you cover the other 22 to 25 starts? And that's where you start to stress a little bit because you can have your JP Francis, your Brandon Belax, your Dubins, or some of these guys come in and fill, fill spots for two, three, four, or five starts. And you're like, right. okay, we can, we can cover that up and wait for Urquidy or Garcia to come back. But you can't do that with Garcia now. And that's where I think you start to stress a little bit because is JP France or a Brandon Belak, they're going to have to cover, you know, like you said, until June, maybe five or six starts until you get mm-hmm. the Lance McCullers Jr. back, until you figure out what's going on with Jose Urquidy and get him back. So that creates a lot of stress because after that, like you just said, you've got a Dubin on the seven-day injured list. You've got Whistley, Whitley uh, dealing with a decelerator or muscle in his back. He's not on the injured list, but he's day-to-day. So there's really not that insurance that you need. If one of these other guys go down, you would, would imagine Ronel Blanco's the next guy in line. But once you get af- once you get past that, there ain't nothing left. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think Dana Brown's going to stress a little bit and try and figure out what he can do or what's out there and available uh, because that was not addressed in the offseason. Yeah, and and you do have to kind of look at this too and and put this in the, in the bigger context of baseball. There was another pitcher that went down just the other day. Oh, my with an gosh. Um, Alky, man. There, there are arms going down all over the place. It's just unreal. I mean, granted, yeah. it's good that the Astros aren't, you know, in they they're not alone in this boat, but I mean the the p the pitchers that are going down this year become an just, epidemic. Man. It's unbelievable, and and of course you know no one ha- we, like we talked about before. We don't have the data to know what exactly it is. If it mm-hmm. is the pitch clock, not all of these guys pitched in the WBC, so you can't necessarily blame that. Um, it, it's it's a it's a it's a huge deal. Um, so I obviously I think you have to start thinking if you're Dana Brown. You have to start considering what is available. You've got to start thinking about, uh, you know, because the Astros, look, they're in third place. They're only a game and a half out of first. They probably still could win the AL West with, like, one pitcher um, eventually because I don't think anybody is going to break out and suddenly turn around and be great. But it doesn't matter. You still have to figure out what you're going to do because this is a team with bigger aspirations than winning their division. Um, oh, 100%. But the, yeah. the only saving grace is that your bullpen is light, is, oh. has been lights out. I well, know Brave gave up a cheap hit, a couple of cheap hits and an R, yeah. uh, run yesterday in, uh, in the game against Seattle. But at the same time, you know, asking a JP France or a Brandon Belak to go out there and give you six or seven is out of the question. You just got to go out there and give me a strong five, qualify for the decision, and let's hand it off to the bullpen and see what these guys can do. Right. And I think that that start by Christian Javier last night going seven innings was huge for the yeah. Astros because they only had to use a Abreu for one inning. Presley threw five pitches to get the save on a funk, some funky plays and terrible base running by the Seattle Mariners. Right. So he did a great job of protecting the bullpen leading into this uh, Saturday, Sunday matchup with JP France and Brandon Belak going, but if they can get five strong out of those guys consistently and keep them within, within reach in these games, yeah. I think that's all you're asking of these guys. Yeah. I definitely want to delve into that. in just a second, I do want to mention that at least some of the injuries, we're going to start seeing some guys back, uh, both Michael Brantley, who, by the way, did you see his numbers at AAA? Yeah, was like, he's raking. He hit like 320 and had seven walks. <laughs> like seven walks. That's insane. Yeah, it's like playing tiddlywinks for him, man. He's I know, like, it's yeah. unreal. So he's going to be back on Monday. So will Chaz McCormick, who didn't fare quite as well at AA. But um, both of those guys will be back. I think which, he had a bomb yesterday. 
Yeah, he did hit a bomb yesterday. He's just, yeah. I mean, he's hitting like 219 or something, but who cares? Um, yeah. The deal is they're both going to be back, which d- obviously increases your depth from a hitting perspective. And it feels uh. like at this point, if you are uh, the Astros, you're going to have to lean more heavily and on your offense. Um, yes. Altuve, you know, the report on him is that he's gripping a bat. Uh, he's fielding grounders. They're saying maybe another end of May, beginning of June, something like that. So you've still got mm-hmm. another month without uh, without your starting second baseman. But this is the time where they're going to have to start utilizing those bats. I mean, Jose Abreu is going to have to turn it around. You've got to do something at this point, right? Yeah, or else, uh, I mean, he hasn't, I don't think he's hit lower than six until one time this year. He may yeah. be hitting seventh or eighth in this lineup once you get a Brantley and Altuve back right. in this lineup, you know, because then you're going to replace Chad, you know, you're going to, you're going to, I would imagine you're going to have like almost a three man pl- platoon when you get Altuve yeah. back because, of course, you, you know, Dubon's going to give some days off to Altuve at second base, but then you're going to have Dubon, Myers, McCormick in center field. Right. You're going to be rotating uh, Brantley and Alvarez and Jolks and left field if not giving tucker a couple of dh days if you can move brantley over to right field and cover Mm -hmm. him for a couple and get him off his legs but uh i don't know if you noticed this in the box score of yesterday's game there is a certain michael brantley who started in left field finished at first base for the first time since 2008 or something tk was telling me that he played first base so that was in a ball or double a for michael brantley but that's kind of a curious situation that Brantley did take some reps at first base. I'm really glad you brought that up because it tells me two things. I saw that as well. And it tells me a couple things. First, it tells me that they're not considering playing Yiner Diaz at first, which Yiner, when he came up, he was a first, he was a catcher and a first baseman, right? Yep. But yes, I'm watching batting practice yesterday, and guess who's on the foul territory on the first base side with the first baseman's glove taking fungos from Joe Espada? See this plumber, this is, Diaz. This is why this is the benefit of you as a as a mm-hmm. human is that you're down there seeing <laughs> these things. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's great. I'm glad they got to get Yiner Di- Diaz some more uh, attempts. Look, I we all love Machete, right? But there are yeah, some people. But Yiner looks good, man. <laughs> I mean, and there are some people like on Twitter, like one of one of our friends, Susie, who, from uh, Bourbon yep. and Baseball, whose head is about to explode every game when Yiner isn't playing. Mm-hmm. You've got to start thinking about. I mean, I know that it's harder for Dusty to break out of some of these routines. He is a, a creature of habit, and he's been doing this a long time, and been and very he has successful. extreme loyalty to these guys too. He does. He does. And I understand there are some there's some delicate psyches in this when it comes to hitting and all that. But man. You've got to get the guys who are hitting in the game because the Astros aren't great offensively right now. Yeah, and and Yiner hasn't hasn't proven that he can be that good pinch hitter off the bench too. He gets a right. little frantic and swings a little bit early in some of those uh, pinch hitting appearances because he wants to hit a four run home run. Uh, you know, I can't blame him on that because coming off the bench is you know that's a, like it's an acquired taste or an acquired mm-hmm. talent that you got to work on a little bit. But when he has games like he did when he was. Um, I think it, uh, it was that Hunter Brown game where Hunter got knocked out, but he had yeah. a couple of knocks in that game. You know, it, I understand the loyalty. I understand wanting to go with your guy. But at the same time, if you can't, you, you should be able to throw a guy out there who's not playing a lot. If he gets a couple of knocks, throw him another game. See if he can't get a couple more, boost those numbers and boost his confidence. 
Agreed. I think you've just got to give these guys opportunities. Like when when Brantley comes back too, I don't think you could just bury Jolks on the bench. No, I mean he's he's playing too well. You know, and he's, he's still hitting his his outs are hard. Right. Well, the, I think the thing that's great about Jolks too is you can see the guy. He does see the ball really well. He sees mm-hmm. the strike zone really well. Well, what qualifies for a strike zone in Major League Baseball Man, these days? Yeah, I'm not gonna. Ugh. Anyway. Um, I, as I said, when I was flying solo, I'm like, it's the strike zone. There's no, you know, it's, it yeah. is the strike zone. It's not an interpretation. It's, there's no interpretation. They give you a strike zone. You, anyway, um, I made the analogy of if I was eating a big plate of spaghetti and I just decided to dump some of it an inch around the plate on the table. Not appropriate. Yeah. Not okay. You're not, and you're not going to eat it. You're not no. going to want to go after no. that. And nobody's table is going to be happy about that, you know. But yeah, I think that you're you're 100 percent right with this. You just got to give guys opportunities as much as you can, especially right now. It's early in the season. This is the kind of thing where in all of sports, you can see it. If you give guys a little bit of time early on, they yeah. and they produce, it builds on their, you know, and they they build it's on it completely, and they get better as the year goes along. So well, let. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, just to, just to kind of piggyback on what that yeah. thought right there is that when these guys do come back, when you do get Chaz back, you get Brantley back, you get Altuve back. It is unfortunate that there's guys that are going to fall victim and fall out of that uh, out of that lineup. But the benefit is later in the season with all these at bats these guys have gotten, it makes your bench that much stronger and yeah. gives Dusty more options late in the game if he needs them. Yeah, and you have different styles of hitting. You know, you've got yeah. a guy like Dubon who hits for average. You've got um, a guy like Jolks and and Diaz who both have a little bit of pop. You know, you can bat guys from the left side mm-hmm. of the plate and the right side of the plate. It's it's yeah. No, you're right. The flexibility is great. So one other po- let's talk about another positive though, and that is while all these injuries are happening, everything else, we still have Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Tucker, <laughs> and. Thank goodness. Last night, look, Javier was great last night. He had that one inning where he gave up three runs. Um, but he went seven strong. Abreu, like you said, gave up that one run. I mean, like, he's human, I guess. <laughs> but um, Well, they were just duck snorts, too. I mean, right. it was, it, that's duck one of those painful great. innings as a pitcher where you just soft contact, soft contact, and all of a sudden it runs on the board and you're like, Dude, I made all my pitches, and these guys just got jammed. Duck snort so, is a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. I haven't heard that one in a long time. Well, I mean, is it it's duck snort or duck fart? I mean, take your pick. <laughs> Both good. Both just excellent. a couple of farts out there. You're but like, you know, <laughs> so, a gork. A, yeah, seeing yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, if, exactly. if you're hitting, they're delicious. If you're pitching, they're agonizing. Oh yeah, but they did get a win. Which is good over the Mariners, who still are really struggling. I mean, they're Man. they're three and a half out, but it's just it, they feel weird. They just don't feel like they don't feel like you know all mm-hmm. the hype, and they have had some injuries too, obviously. Um, but the Astros are just good in Seattle. Period. Well, I should say God. against Seattle and Jordan with that the crusher, and then Tucker to straightaway oh, center field. Dagger. I mean, what was crazy about that too is that ball was hit a mile in the air. That was what was the yeah. launch angle on that thing? I mean, it must have been like 40 degrees or something and yet he still hit it out at like 410. Yeah, Jordan's was massive. I know that thing was up there forever, ended up 408 feet away, but Tucker's yeah. was exactly the same distance, but the height on Jordan's uh, Statcast gave us a number of 145 feet at Jeez. peak. <laughs> 
So it, it was pretty ridiculous how far he hit that ball up in the air and had it carry that far. But how about you talk about the Astros domination? I had to make a note of this last night on my yeah. on my uh, scorecard. All time one hundred and eighteen. Well, now it's one hundred and nineteen to seventy two against the Holy Seattle Mariners for the crap. Astros. I didn't. Wow. Yeah. Now that's that that's crazy. Well, that's a. I saw somebody changed the Wikipedia entry on Seattle. They changed the name of the, the owner of the team to Jordan Alvarez last night. Yes, it <laughs> makes perfect good. sense because he is it's, their daddy. And I will say this about Seattle: is Big Dumper the best nickname of all time? It, it could be. It could. It, be. I mean, it fits. The guy embraces it. I mean, <laughs> and fans love it. It's great. I mean, it's just. It's it's like borderline obscene, but also just borderline brilliant. It's I just can't uh, with the well, big dumper. Yeah, when when the. Yeah, I mean, the, when the body fits the nickname, you're like, oh. <laughs> and it just has a weird, like the way it sounds, yeah. like the big but does it, Is there dumper. an inside joke to that? Do we know? I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to know. If there is, I really don't want to know. Because <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be like that gum wall. It's going to be oh, yeah. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So we get JP France today versus Ty France. The Battle of the yeah. Francis and the two-letter first names. Civil War. <laughs> exactly. So I'm wondering, have you got your joke cannon loaded and ready to fire today? Because it seems like there's plenty of good ones available. Yeah, somebody may be Les Miserables, right, you know, after one of those at-bats. <laughs> no, see? Yeah, yeah there's going to be a revolution. Burst out, vive la France. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be. Exactly. There's going to be some v- good Viva ones. our France. Exactly. It's going to be strong. <laughs> Talk about croissants all you like. I feel like it's. Like, if you Dude. bust. If at some point you're like. Oh, ho, 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 You know. It's, <laughs> just get one of those. Maybe after there. every punch out I throw that exactly. out there. I like this. It's strong. There's got to be some good ones. I do. Parlez-vous strikeouts. <laughs> no. If any French people hear that accent, plumber, I mean, you, you a little in, southern twinge on dude, it. Dude, you were in Montreal for Christ's sake. You got yeah. All I know is Tabak Knock, and that doesn't even sound like French. Yeah, that you're gonna have like, to bleep that out when this thing plays in Montreal. But if I say that again, that sounds that doesn't even sound like it sounds like like Dutch or something. It doesn't yeah. even sound Blum, like Blum grounds out to uh, second base again. The guy in the seats is Tabak Knock. <laughs> I don't know what it means, it but it sounds amazing. Uh, think the worst word ever, and there it is in French. Oh, okay, great. Um, yeah, great. It's good you to know something on here. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, every day, every single day. So about JP France, oh, <laughs> I just said, <laughs> Freudian slip. Got him. <laughs> I can't believe that just happened. That JP was not France. intentional at all. Yeah. My God, JP France. Uh, <laughs> JP France pitching today. What do we know about him? I mean, he's been in the minors for six years. Uh-huh. He's got a porn stash that it would rival anyone's. That's yeah, um, delicious. That lip he, candy is beautiful. He's got, the, he's got the goggles. I mean, I don't know anything about him. I've wa- I actually saw him pitch in Sugarland. He looked good. Um, but mm-hmm. I just I want what is his situation like? What what are we seeing? What do we expect to see from him? Like what is what are the kind of pitches does he throw? I mean, what what is the scouting report on this guy? Um, I'm going to have to do some serious homework, and I should have done it before I got on here because <laughs> I don't have that answer. I mean, I've got I've got bios and things like that. Yeah. And I'm trying to dig. I actually started. I've got a, a page pulled up for uh, for fan graphs, <laughs> but uh, I can tell you. That he was drafted in the 14th round in 2018, and he's spent the last six years in the Astros minor leagues. Um, pitched at Tulane, 
I think he majored in something really interesting. I can't, I don't know if I can remember it, but, uh, I hope it's French history. Could you imagine if it was? <laughs> yeah, TK's got all the information on I'm him, sure but he, I know I, that uh, TK probably knew it at the beginning of the season, right? You know who else is good at that is Sparks. Steve Sparks really gets uh, he gets into the weeds and get, and figures some of this stuff out. Where Especially I suck, and I go over there ten minutes before game time and go, Sparky, what do you got on this guy? Especially that's pitchers. About it. Especially pitchers, yeah. man. He's he's. He's rock solid when it comes to pitchers. You hear him on there, and he's like, "Yeah, blah 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 mm-hmm. blah blah." He's like just ripping off stats from like when he was in the you know high A ball and stuff. It's just, yeah. just insane. I'm going to be real interested to watch his more than anything. I'm going to be real interested to watch how he appears on the mound. Like you know, there's there's something about guys like when you watch um, uh, Christian Javier, for example. There's like a, a there's like a sort of a calmness to them when they're on the mound, right? There's a there's a they don't mm-hmm. get rattled, they don't get, you know. And and then there are guys who get really emotional, but they only get emotional after the fact. You know, you see that with guys like Abreu and you see that with McCullers obviously. I'm going to be real interested to see his demeanor because the demeanor I feel like tells you a lot about how a pitcher handles things. And yeah. I hope that he's a guy, to me he's, you know, when I saw I saw him pitch at Sugarland, um I can't discern much from, you know, sitting, I don't know. I'm not a catcher, so I can't really tell you. And they didn't tell you. I know he, I know his his fastball was, you know, mid-90s, um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> low to mid-90s. But um, I think the thing that was interesting to me is he did have a demeanor. It was pretty, pretty calm. He seemed pretty chill up there. And I wonder if that's going to translate into the majors. Well, I just love the fact. I don't know if you saw the interview that he gave. He oh, knew this on yeah. Wednesday and uh, showed up here Friday. He'll, he'll be activated before the game, so they'll have to make a roster move. Uh, you know, and one one could assume it's going to be Matt Gage. I'm not sure, yeah. but. Uh, you know, his interview was great. He was kind of excited and telling the story about how he how he knew on Wednesday, couldn't tell anybody, kept it under wraps, flew to, you know, had to get a connecting flight, had eight right. minutes in between, you know, had a nice quip about, you know, <laughs> the fastest mile he ever ran was in between Set. those two flights to make sure he made it up here to Seattle. Right. And, and here he is, but the, there was a little bit, uh, you know, he started talking about his parents and his family and uh, getting here to the big leagues. And there was a little bit of emotion in there. So I, I appreciate the hell out of that because this day and age to, to toil for six years in the minor leagues is tough. You're watching guys race past you in two, three years. And then you have the, the, the mental fortitude to be able to continue to fight, to reach this goal. Mm -hmm. I, you know, he's going to be, he's going to be amped up. He's going to be excited. You may see a little extra juice on that fastball or Mm -hmm. maybe a little extra spin on those sliders, but I want to see it too. And hopefully he's excited enough, mature enough at the age of 28 to go out there and uh, provide a good start for the Houston Astros. I'm kind of excited to see what he's got. And he's facing, you you talk about a lineup that you're going to face. This is a lineup that is pitchable too, that they have a ton of swing and miss this year too. Right. Absolutely. I'm I'm really, I feel like with him too, he just seemed like, again, when I, when I've watched, when I watched him pitch just a little bit, and I, I watched a few highlights uh, yesterday <clears throat> just to kind of get a general v- feeling about it. He just has, he does have this sort of like, you know, ch- sort of chill demeanor. So I'm going to be real interested to see if that holds up. That's the big thing. And you're hey, right. If you can rock that mustache Ugh. and bring it to the show, 
There's a Dude. little something in there. There's a little moxie we, we may not know about until we see him pitch. What's it, he looks like Raleigh Fingers or something? You know, he's got he's, it's a throwback. It's pretty, it's pretty nice. It's a throwback. Dennis Eckersley is what come, that that you know yeah. coming down it's, like oh, it's almost a foo man. It kind of stops it at the does. lip, you know. And and the, the, that matched with the goggles though. I think that's mm-hmm. really to me because that shows that someone either a is not at all concerned with their sense of style and doesn't care what mm. you think, or B, is very concerned with their sense of yeah. style and thinks this is the coolest thing they've ever worn. Like, that's that's the kid, either the kid who goes to class and doesn't give a crap what anybody thinks, or the kid who goes to class and knows everybody thinks he's cool. I don't know which one mm-hmm. is better, frankly. I think they're both kind Let's of hope awesome. he pitches into the ladder. <laughs> exactly. Agreed. Um, okay, a couple of oddball notes before we, uh, before we finish up here. The first... I don't know if you saw this in the paper, but Jose Altuve was burgled on opening yes. day. Oh, man. Dude, right? I heard about this when it happened. Yeah, I, it's I terrible. Did, I don't think anybody really knew about it in the general public until no. apparently they broke into his house on opening day uh, around 830 in the evening. It was four. Well, it was they arrested four people. It was apparently three pe- two, two people who went in, one person who drove the getaway car, and then the girlfriend of one of them who obstructed police when they tried to uh, arrest him. Um, they stole nearly half a million dollars in watches and jewelry. Mm. Um, and, and one of the one of my favorite stories is in the in the arrest, one of them ran on foot. And they had a dog that was sniffing around trying to find him. And the dog didn't find him, but he found one of the Rolexes. And so that's how they ended up. Like, I guess this guy did steal Jose Altuve's stuff. Um, So, Blummer, my first question to you is, where do you keep the millions of jewelry that you have? I'm assuming in a safe, correct? Correct. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I don't have anything on display. Everything's locked up. (laughs) Because Altuve apparently forgot to set his alarm. Now, this is not his fault, obviously. No. I hate thieves. Um, As someone who's... Uh, Yeah, you're going to get caught. I I love... I mean, the cojones to go into a, a, a big old house and steal half a million. I mean, that's a... That's a lot of money. The big question is, uh, did they know it was Jose Altuve's house? I wonder. I don't know. Yeah, I haven't been in his house. I can't. I mean, unless he's got a couple of monuments and jerseys hanging in every room, you probably don't know. I'm yeah. not sure, but um, he lives in Hedwig Village, um, and so that's a nice neighborhood with a lot of nice houses. So, mm-hmm. and and they picked one that the alarm wasn't on, you know. But I, man, I. Why did it have to be Altuve's house, man? Right. Of all people, like, that's not cool. God. Everybody's going to be like, listen, man, if you look, look, uh, break into um, the hotel room of one of the Dodgers or something when they're in town, right? Take that guy out, right? Find. uh, find I'm not encouraging it. No. But. Clearly. But if you're going to make a decision of this level, Let's do Why that. Why Altuve, man? You uh, jerks. So terrible. God. Look, as someone who has, amongst his professions, has been a photographer and a musician, I can tell you I've lost thousands of dollars to thieves over the years. I had a bag mm. of lenses stolen out of my car that was like several thousand dollars. I had four guitars stolen out of my front room Jeez. of my house. I mean, it just goes on. The list goes on and on. And it's part of the deal. When you're when you're in those professions, you know that they're easy to steal. They're easy to pawn. So mm-hmm. I hate them. It sucks. It Don't sucks. steal, people. Yeah. Pay for things. I mean, if you can't afford a Rolex, I can't afford a Rolex. So guess what? I'm wearing an Apple Watch. Yeah. The only Rolex I got was given to me. <laughs> there you go. Hey, if you got it, 
I'm just going to say protect it. That's all I'm going to say. Whatever you got to do. So last thing, I brought it up at the beginning. So one of the people listens to us and follows me on Twitter, Harry Brinkman, who goes by the Brinkmaster on Twitter, apparently. Mm. He brought up, I mentioned that I thought that this, I don't know if you, I'm sure you've seen the clip of Wander Franco catches a a ground ball and sort of tosses it in the air to himself and then fires a guy out at first. I thought it was pure awesomeness, frankly. (laughs) I thought it was beautiful. I mean, it's, it's stupid and kind of weird, but it reminded me of like, uh, uh, the no look pass by, um, in football by, uh, what's his name from the chiefs Mahomes by Mahomes, like the no look, like there's just stuff. I find that kind of flair, um, like if you can do it, it's great. Now, if you screw up, obviously, then it's on you. Ooh. But he thinks that you will disagree with me and you will find it to be showboating. So here it is, ladies and gentlemen. The real question, does Jeff Flum find Wander Franco's activities showboating? Um, it was obviously unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get that the ball was hit hard and you had that kind of time, but uh, I can't remember the manager's name in uh, Major League for the Indians. Okay. Yeah, that's and, true. and I know I it's the Guardians to. now, but in the movie, it's the Indians. Right. But when Hayes made that basket catch, he goes, nice play, Hayes. Don't ever effing do it again. You know, it, 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 that's what I that's what I kind of recalled. And, you know, it, it, there's bat flipping, there's mm-hmm. strikeout struts, there's things like that. But I've never seen an infielder, you know, flip the baseball or find it <clears throat> necessary to do that. I always took my time. If I had a rocket hit at me, mm-hmm. I just pat the glove a couple of times, make the runner run a little bit. And we always said that too. We'd like make him run uh, <laughs> and then throw it across there and make it a bang, bang play. But uh, if you can do it, you better get the out because in the end, the result is all that matters. Right. But I guarantee you there's about 95,000 Little League coaches at that moment watching that game went, oh, no, because they knew every every 10 and 11-year-old is going to try and do that now. You know, when I saw it, I mean, I, I was like, I love fun in, in, in any sport, you know, when guys are having fun. That's why I hate the restrictions on celebrations in the NFL. Like, come on, man. Let them. Mm-hmm. I know. I, yeah, I'm with you, you on that. As you once said, "Let the kids be kids, man." <laughs> exactly. There we go. There you go. Now you know little, how I feel. It's have a little fun, but I will say this: when he tossed that ball up, I was like, "There was the first word that came to mind is a word that I probably heard mostly from uh, announcers in sports, and that is that was a nifty move." It's like that was that was pr- nifty. It was nifty. I mean, it was just like, and the thing is, he put some backspin on it. That just, I don't know. I'm enthralled by guys who can do things that I can't do. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's and, I mean, part then of it. He bare hands it and throws it. I'm like, damn. Ugh, unreal. Part of, part of it's jealousy too, because I didn't have the, I didn't have the <laughs> beanbag to do that. Right. I was like, man, I had to make this place or else I was getting released. Right. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, that's always the, that's the blessing and the curse, right? Is that you can <laughs> yeah. do it, but you're taking your life and your livelihood in your own hands. Lit In this case, literally. <clears throat> yep. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, the Brink Master. Apparently, Blummer's not entirely in agreement with me, so you win. I'll send you mm-hmm. I'll send you uh, a free subscription to something. I don't know what. I'll think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I will definitely I will definitely hit you back up on Twitter and tell you though and give you your props because I don't run from these challenges. You see, I'm a very nope. I'm very I'll let people Hey, I'm w- more than willing to admit when I've done something wrong or said something wrong. There's no reason not to. If I if I'm I, cuz look, I it's like it's like the books. They have the books for dummies and the books for idiots. I always buy the books for idiots, right? Because I don't consider myself a dummy. Am I an idiot? Oh, 
most definitely. I can <laughs> I can certainly be an idiot at times. I'm no dummy. Idiot that. Because idiot That's implies funny. some intelligence, but you make bad choices. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I kind of feel like. All right, Blummer. That's well, good. Any, any final thoughts before the uh, couple games in Seattle? And then you head to the – then you it's the Angels, baby. Yeah, we get to go see uh, the the Anthony Rendon. We, I think Shohei Otani is going to pitch in that series. I was going to ask. So, do we yeah, know there's the going to be some good times? I was going to ask if we knew the pitching lineup um, because obviously yeah, I think Otani's throwing one of those days. It might be the ninth. I'm not sure. That guy's must see baseball, man. I yeah. mean, he's just so good. I mean, I saw somebody put his stat, his slash line for pitching and hitting up, and it was just. Mm. Are you kidding? It's ridiculous to be that good, man. Uh, I just, it's, I, you know, we can only hope to dare to dream, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what I can tell you is try to survive the uh, the frigid depths of Seattle. Don't eat any gum off that wall for the love of oh, God. No. Don't Jeez. even go down that alleyway, man. I mean, No, you take a wrong turn. You're like, oh my gosh. I yeah. feel like gum that's that much gum that's there for that long is eventually <clears throat> going to come to life and form its own entity. And then we're all going to be oh, in yeah. trouble. <laughs> it's going to be yeah, some, it's a biohazard. something out of a horror movie. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. We'll be back next week with a fresh pod brought to you by Bet Online. Huge thanks to all, all of you guys for listening and subscribing all across the world. You're always great. Um, I can't. I have no complaints whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, we really appreciate all of it. Very thankful that you join us here on our, uh, on our ramblings. Um, and keep it coming. Uh, Have a great weekend, and as always, go Astros. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.